The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel of the Lord. Yeah, we always get something of the uh, the temptation of Jesus the first Sunday of Lent. And, uh, you know, here in ERB, uh, with Mark's account, um, it's over and done with pretty quickly, you know. <laughs> it's like, wait, where was all the, uh, you know, where was all the taunting and all the uh, reposts and, uh, and whatever? No, this is it, right? Uh, he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan, okay? Yeah, this is... This is Mark, like this is Mark's gospel, and it's, uh, it's beautiful in its own right. Um, yeah, and it, and it means that we have to preach about something else, you know, something, <laughs> something other than the temptations of Jesus, although we see he was tempted. We, we presume that he overcame those temptations. I would say temp, temptation. Actually, the, the Greek, the, the word is much more like test. So um, not that that helps us any, but uh, uh, I just don't get in our minds the idea that Jesus is tempted in the ways that we're tempted, in the sense of, okay, he wants to go this way, that way, or the other way, give up his identity as God's beloved son, go choose a way, a path to prominence other than the way of self-giving love, which is God's own life of love itself. Uh, yeah, those are all, uh, he's, he's not like struggling with it in the sense of, you know, the way that we struggle with it. When we struggle with it, we're likely to indulge it just a little bit. You know, like Jesus is, Jesus does a bit better than, than we do in that capacity, okay? But, but he does face uh, those, same, those same challenges, those same, uh, those same tests that, that we face ourselves. So here, yeah, okay, Jesus. We've got much more going on here. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, okay? Do you want, want to start here? I'm just going to offer some kind of quick hits, I think, because the gospel is, is asking me to do that. Okay, Jesus being... Uh, driven out by the Spirit into the desert. The word dri- driven out, ekbalo in Greek, is a very forceful word. It's in fact the word that's used when Jesus is um, exercising demons. So he's casting out demons, and here the Spirit is casting Jesus out into the, into the desert. Right? He's forcefully pushing him into a place that we, we, he, he would rather not go. Okay, and I know this is this is all weird in the kind of Trinitarian sense, right? Well, Father, Son, and Spirit. What what does it mean that he he would rather not go there? The Spirit is driving him out. There's a great mystery here. In the same way that Jesus says, you know, that he would prefer to not drink the cup, right? He would, and he's sweating blood in the in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? There's there's a mysterious interaction between the persons of the Trinity that we hold together and and embrace and uh, don't let confuse us as we as we make our way through these through these kinds of passages um, of course it's God it's the will of God the rest uh, we recognize that that Jesus um, say having having taken on the burden of the world and being at the head of of his people um, has to make his has has to hack his way 
through the wilderness himself, right? He's, he's the trailblazer. When we, when we see him, you know, sweating blood, when we, when we see him, say, forcefully driven out into the desert, uh, we're, we're to see the one who is at the head of the movement, again, with the, with the machete hacking his way through, through the forest. And we're then able to, to follow him in obedience to the Spirit, in obedience to, to the will of God. You know, every, everything in us that was otherwise an obstacle to following God is conquered in Jesus, and we're going to follow him in faith. Okay, so the Spirit, the spirit drove Jesus out into the desert. It's a slow it's a slow homily, okay? The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert. He remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. The idea is that, of course, he's defeated Satan. You see that unfold in the rest of Mark's gospel. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. This is massive. This is massive. Okay, he's among wild beasts. We can look at this in, in two different ways, right? One is to say he's out among the wild beasts, and he is, he is achieving there, the new creation for which Israel had, had uh, so, so often and so long longed. Okay, he's achieving this, this great peace where, the, um, um, where all of creation is brought into its proper harmony and glory. Yeah, so he's, he's either out in that sense, right? He's bringing about, uh, or he's bringing order out of disorder, he is bringing unity and harmony out of, out of chaos and, and dissension and the rest. So we can, hear, we can hear it that way, or we can hear it as, yeah, although he is among dangers, even though he's in the midst of danger, he's going to be protected all the while as God's beloved son, which is the, the, um, the line that precedes our passage today in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus' baptism, and then the, the, um, uh, the proclamation from the clouds that, this is my beloved son. Okay, so here Jesus is protected precisely as God's beloved son, and God's beloved son is the one who then makes us into the people of, say, God's chosen, his elect. We are his beloved son. Israel is, is known as God's beloved son, and Jesus affecting a new Israel movement is God's beloved son. So as, so as to say, his movement um, will, will, and his kingdom proclamation, which we see next, uh, is, is in the midst of, of danger, and yet he is, say, preserved from danger. Although we, we know that he's not whole and entire preserved from what threatens him and opposes him, because at the end of his life, and certainly in, in a special way, you know, as, our, as our holy season builds up to it, he's going to be crucified. Right? But all of that makes sense when we see that Jesus is bringing, say, uh, is, is bringing a new creation to bear in a place where uh, those who had the keys to the old creation are not really willing to suffer the challenge. Yeah, so they're going to kill him. Right? He's, the, he's there to take possession of, of what is rightfully his, of what is rightfully God's. The kingdom of God is at hand. And the people who, who seem to have possession of it at the moment are not w really willing to give it up without a fight. So they'll, they'll take him on. But, be, but beyond that, we see, you know, right from the beginning, it's, this is not about, say, simple uh, politics, human activity and endeavor and the rest. There is a spiritual war raging. And Jesus is moving uh, right into the midst of that. So this is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. 
It's, it's ours to go the way of Christ Jesus. We, we know that we need to repent. We're given this season to do that. What does it mean? It means that we give up anything that is opposed to God and his way. We have to at least start there. Right? In, in the season of Lent, we have to say, okay, anything that I'm able to identify as, as sinful in my life, any way that I'm not going the way of God, I have to allow God to uproot right, and replace in the sense of, okay, instead of having you know, some particular idol, some particular power at the very heart or center of my life, some vain pursuit, right, power, pleasure, whatever it, whatever it may be, popularity, the rest, instead of having that at the very center of my life, I have to have God at the very center of my life. Now, the true and living God, the center of my life, and if the true and living God, the God that is revealed to us in and as Christ Jesus is at the very center of my life, then my life becomes a reflection of his self-giving love. Yeah, because that's, that is the God that we worship. When that God is at the center of our lives, we can be about his work of love in the world no matter what it is, even if it, even if it means doing the, the most difficult things that love can do. And even if it means doing things like forgiving, yeah? We can forgive because the true and living God is at the center of our lives. If, if the true and living God is not, right, if the God revealed to us in and as Jesus of Nazareth is not the center of our lives, we will have no chance of forgiveness, of forgiving other people. We'll probably have no chance at seeking it for ourselves either because we'll recognize, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a burden too heavy for someone else to carry. Yeah, but this is it. Right? Jesus being at the center of our lives, the true and living God, the center of our lives, we can be about the works of God no matter, no matter how challenging they are. And here the reflection, okay? The last little reflection. Jesus among the wild beasts and the angels ministering to him. What do we see? We're seeing the life of heaven, right? We're seeing the invisible. We're seeing the life. And Jesus is there as the third option, right? He's there as the heaven and earth creature, Right, he's there is a heaven and earth being. It's not right to say he's a creature. Yeah. He's a heaven and earth being. Yes, and he he lives that vocation so that we can live that vocation, and we live that vocation most importantly, most significantly, or say like most actively here at the mass. And then what happens with the activities associated with the mass? So what do I mean? I mean that here we've come together to exercise our common priesthood. Our priesthood is taking the stuff of earth and turning it over to God in thankful praise, right? So even if that means it's just, our, it's just our hearts that we're bringing here this morning to God to offer him in prayer, we do that through and with and in Jesus. That's what's happening at the altar, right? At the altar, Jesus is offering himself to the Father, and we are offering ourselves along with him. This is what brings earth to heaven, right? This is, this is why I call this act, say, a dedication, because we're turning our hearts and our lives over to God here, through and within in Christ Jesus. Yeah, and as, as we do that, we are bringing earth and the stuff of earth to heaven. We're dedicating not only our hearts, but our lives, everything we have and everything we are, we're turning over to God in thankful praise. Earth, this is what I mean in terms of things that are associated with the mass, namely our whole life, Right, our whole life has to be associated with the Mass. So as we have offered that sacrifice, we then receive the fruit of that sacrifice. We receive Jesus, body and soul. Right, we receive Jesus, um, 
whatever. You know the formulations anyway. <laughs> I got them on the catechism, right? It's like, yeah, okay. We receive Jesus whole and entire here in Holy Communion. And then that bread of life, right? God's own life of love, having received him at work in us and working through us, we're then to go out with the same proclamation. Not the, not the same, you know, we're, we're here to say the time, this is the time of fulfillment, which doesn't mean that the wild beasts don't exist anymore, right? It means that we, have, we are going out in the power of the Spirit. We now, possessed by the Spirit and thrust into the world, right? We are going out to defeat the devil in our own little way and to bring the proclamation of the, of the kingdom of God to all and sundry, right? So it's ours to go out and bring that same love, the mercy that we receive in, in the sacrament to the altar. We're going to make that real for people. We're going to make love real in living deeds. And that's how we bring heaven to earth, right? We're drawing on the power of heaven to animate every action of our lives, okay? How many of you guys watch the Super Bowl? No one? Okay, great. Yeah, cool. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, okay. I came to the cool crowd this morning. Okay. Yeah, all right, guys. Um, yeah. Anyway, there was, a, there was a commercial there that almost every Catholic intellectual has been ripping since it aired. It's called He Gets Us, okay? Now, there are, all those Catholic intellectuals are wrong entirely. Because they're not getting, they're not getting the people washing other people. The idea was it was, any, it was a series of images of people washing other people's feet. And the idea was that that's what Christianity is about. Okay, what am I gonna, what am I gonna say? That is what Christianity is about. That is, okay? Now, it might not be, this is a very rough representation of the thing, but let me tell you why that matters. Everything the Christian does, is inspired by charity, okay? And foot washing, quote unquote, is a shorthand for that. We're foot washers, we're an army of foot washers. Does it mean we have to go out and wash feet? Does it mean that there is, you know, any kind of, not any, that there is not kind of um, subtle differences in theology and, and that don't make a world of difference? And all? Okay, that's, that's all true, but here, everything we do as Christians ought to be inspired by charity. That's the, that is our, say, uh, our participation in the rule of Christ Jesus, the kingdom of God being at hand. We are to, we're to create a tidal wave of love, okay? It doesn't, that doesn't mean that we don't have to do hard things. We don't have to tell people the truth. We don't have to, right, all that kind of stuff. All the very difficult things that we have to do, true. But even all of those things have to be inspired by charity. That's be inspired, uh, sustained by charity, because, because we're living for that kingdom. We're living for the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is, is the kingdom that is animated and sustained and organized uh, by charity, by God's own life of love. So this is, this is it for us. The time, this is the time of fulfillment. We have to go out in the power of the Spirit, no matter what we're confronting. And we have to have in us and through us charity win the day.